Rosebud. Is his sled. It was his sled from when he was a kid. There, I just saved you two long, boobless hours. To the Press Play Podcast, my name is Ian. I'm Seth. I'm Dasher. And this week is... Oh boy, we're going to start off the same way we've been doing it with the newest episode of The Mandalorian. I am so happy to talk about this because, my God, they they did they didn't disappoint me they, they yeah. actually they actually made a fan freaking tastic episode and did what we said to do just go right to where you're supposed to go stop with the side quest and just go yeah uh, and it was they, so um, so good they kind of proved us both wrong didn't they because i think you had mentioned it and i was kind of in agreement that we both thought they were going to save ahsoka for the final episode but nope 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 they Dive right into that from the word go. I mean, the first five seconds. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Yeah, I was Be beautifully I was, done. I was pleasantly surprised. Uh, this, this is the first episode this season that has been visually interesting. Um, has gotten to the freaking point and has moved the story along, really. Yeah. Nothing else besides this, maybe the episode, uh, the heiress, episode three, moved the story along, really, because, you know, you mm -hmm. got a little bit of backstory on, on them, what their crusade is. Maybe they'll show up again. The Darksaber, and that's about it. The name drop to the character that we're about to just slather this little mini episode with, because, I, by God, could Rosario Dawson have been any more of a perfect pick for this character? Oh God! No, I, I, not I at all. I, I think I posted. Yeah, I posted it on Facebook. I was like, "Is she ever going to be not a, unattra not attractive? Because she's freaking orange for God's sakes!" And I want to tap that. Yeah, I mean, right. <sighs> what? I, I'm sorry. But, uh, your, your penis was talking. I couldn't hear what you said. <laughs> I couldn't help for, it, man. Uh, I was like, uh, "The Rosario Dawson is a freaking babe. I don't care what color you paint." Uh, Exactly. And for 37 minutes, she was Ahsoka Tano, straight from the scenes of the animated series. I mean, uh, and I even, age. and I, I have to apologize to Seth because I, you hadn't seen it yet, but I was just so excited to to rub Dasher's face in it. I'm like, I told you, I told you that bitch's lightsabers were white. Yeah. Uh, well, in Rebels, they were white. Now, mind you, I've never seen Rebels, but in Attack of the Clones, they were blue. Right, so, I didn't see that. Yeah, but um, and I never saw Rebels. So, but apparently in Rebels they were white, which is fine because they definitely stand out, don't they? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. And I don't. I, I, you can quote me if you want, but I'm even I'm unsure about it. I think the the reason a lightsaber turns white is basically when you cure a red one. So where she got those, I don't know. Yeah, me neither. Um, but and I don't really care because, like I said, from literally the first five seconds into this episode, and she's going full ninja Jedi in a burnt down forest against some off-brand stormtroopers, and it was just lovely. Oh, so, uh, watching her move in stealth and using yeah. the shadows. Yeah, and and like the Batman. and the and the smoke, yeah, like like freaking Jedi Batman, but yeah, and she it, 
again, like Batman, she's using that to create fear in these guys so that she could sense it and find them. It's, it was, it was brilliant. I loved watching every part of that. Yeah. It was very well shot. Um, well scripted, well written, everything about this episode. This is probably, I think my favorite episode of the series, not just this season, but the series as a whole. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, I have I may have one nitpick and that is did we really need Grogu? Like did did did, 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 did the kid need a name? I just feel like it was I don't I don't think I don't think it was necessary. I mean, that, that's a minor nitpick. Yeah, it, it wasn't necessary at all. But I mean, eventually it was going to happen. We all knew it was going to happen eventually. Yeah. Um, but they could have definitely picked something better than Grogu. I mean, for fuck's sakes. The only other two species of this type that have ever been canon in the Star Wars universe is Yoda and Yiddle. So, Grogu? Um, okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot sure. about Yiddle. Why not? Yeah. Well, I mean, it's fine. It's a Star Wars name. They all sound goofy. Well, exactly. I just, I, to me, it was, the, it was the act of giving him a name. I don't mm-hmm. care what the name is. The, the, I mean, yeah, the name's stupid, but uh, it, just the fact that they gave him one when it's always just been the kid. It, does it really matter? What I like most about this episode is it actually asks a lot of questions going back towards the movies. Um, she basically says that he was a Padawan at the Jedi Temple on Coruscant pre um Clone Wars. Well, not only that, but pre-Order six, order, um, 66. Yeah, so and then they got him what, out. Was he there when um, Anakin slayed the younglings? Or was he removed prior to that? I mean, who that's, removed him? That's inconsequential. Yeah. Is it? That, 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 yes, that little detail's inconsequential. Um, what I am finally happy about seeing is they're delving into this kid's force powers. I mean, isn't part, isn't the force what makes Star Wars special? Sure. It makes Star Wars Star Wars. Yeah, yeah so, sure. And we have waited for five episodes to get into this when he was using it at will, willy-nilly, whenever he effing wanted to all throughout season one. And for yeah. five episodes... He didn't use it until he wanted that little uh, gear shift knob. Right. He used it when so, he wanted the cookies in the last episode. Well, right. yeah. But that's and dumb. that's it, right? Yeah, I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah, and that hey. led to nothing. It, it, I, I, it, it, when, 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 when Bando says he's done things that I can't explain, uh, when's the last time that happened? Because well, and I think... I think she also recognized during the little mini training sequence that they had that he only uses it when he wants something. And I think she recognized, she even plainly said it. She's like, I've seen what somebody this force sensitive, what happens to them, what happens to the best of us when they go wrong. And she's talking about Vader. She's talking about Anakin. Because she, Um, she was Anakin's apprentice. Exactly. So that's and that's why she refused to train this kid because she sees in him. She even said it. I sense much. I sense much fear in him. So also there I mean, was a lot of. Also he had uh, the the kid had a lot of emotional attachment to Mando. And right. Emotions, uh, you know, 
the Jedi don't care for those. Right. Which is probably why they left the, you know, the chosen one's mother a slave. But, well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> right, yeah. Bunch of dicks. Uh, but, you know what I mean? We could have been spending five episodes so far mm-hmm. delving into the, 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 the reasons behind this kid. And why yeah. Mando needs to be attached, but no, I've got to carry a frog through space so her <laughs> eggs can survive. No, it, it's well, just it, I, I can't. I it, 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 as good as this episode was, it just it just makes me think of all the wasted potential. What I like, what I like best about this episode is it was almost once you get to the meat and potatoes of it, almost a frame by frame reenactment. <laughs> Of Kirazawa's Seven Samurai film. I'll um, take your word for that. Yeah, mm-hmm. from well, you know, because Lucas himself, the inspiration behind Star Wars was from Akira Kirazawa movies, samurai movies, and like frame by frame when she walks into the city and she's fixing to face down these enemy, almost frame by frame, it's the precipice of the Seven Samurai film. Um, mm-hmm. And I thought that was a I thought that was a cool little nod. Uh, a That's, lot of people wouldn't have got that, but no, 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 no. I I I definitely I've never seen the movie, but I know what his inspirations are, um, mm-hmm. and I definitely got that samurai film, yeah, uh, old school feudal Japan vibe, right? Um, throughout a lot of this episode, especially in the final battle with the magistrate, um, right? Exactly. That, that was Which... a very samurai movie, and. Um, that's something that's been, that is, that's something else that makes Star Wars, Star Wars. Right. And uh, that's been wow. missing so far from this, from this series. Yeah, and, I agree. And, and, and I don't want people to think, oh, you only like Star Wars when there's lightsabers involved. That's not true. Well, here's mm-hmm. the thing. That's not uh, true at all, but the force has to be there. Well, yeah. The, the, the lightsabers are almost unnecessary. Because what I liked about the final battle is we got to see a little bit of the fighting with the, um, the, the, the spear, and she had her two lightsabers. But at a certain point, she's only down to one, and you don't know how she lost the other one. Maybe she put it away or whatever, but lights, this lightsaber battle wasn't super choreographed like it was in the prequels. It was just it, – it looked like two people were actually having a fight. And yeah. that's what, a, that's what, that, that's what I no, liked no, about she, this episode. Because no, she, 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 lost, she, no, you, yeah, you she saw lost what it. she lost it. Yeah, okay. she, I, she, she, she was disarmed. Yeah, she was disarmed by the uh, Beskar spear. Yeah, there, there's even well, a reaction shot of it falling into the water. Yeah. Okay. But what, I'm, what I mean is, is that Star Wars is not just about how cool you can make your lightsaber battle be. Because, for right. fuck's sake, it, uh, the one in uh, episode three is almost boring. This actually felt like a fight. Yeah. It did. Yeah. And it was and very well it was very well choreographed, I thought. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, it felt like two people were actually fighting, not just swinging sticks around, you know, now, just to look cool. I don't know if that was Rosario Dawson doing it or else if that was all CGI, but it's irregard it's regardless, it was still very well I would like to think it was Rosario Dawson doing all that. But the reality I'm the sure she did is, a lot of it. I'm sure yeah. she did some of it, yeah. What's um, funny about what's funny about this episode is that her the magistrate's basically number two. The second right. he came on screen, I'm like, Well, 
he's fucking dead because it's Michael <laughs> Bean and Michael right. Bean can't survive anything. Right. I was like, as soon as you show me that that was Michael Bean, I'm like, well, he's not going to live. He never lives. And it also, uh, a question that has been um, asked since this episode dropped is, we all know that Tano was looking for answers on where somebody was, and then I, for most of the series, thought that she was looking for Gideon. But when she name-dropped Thrawn, it's like, whoa, because that was her arch-nemesis in Rebels. So a lot uh, of people are saying that this episode is actually a prequel to the final episode of Rebels, um, which, again, I've never seen Rebels, so I don't really know how it ends, but I know that Thrawn is her arch-nemesis, and he's, you know, he, he's a higher-up in the Empire for sure. That's cool. Yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I, I mean, that's... That, that, those are just names to me. Kind of sure. Like Grogu. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I don't know what right. I'm talking about. Right. But, but um, it was, it was definitely we'll, the. Uh, no, go ahead. Do I think we'll see her again? I, I would like to see her again. Um, but at this do. point, do, at this point, do we think it's necessary? Uh, I mean, maybe he does have these, you know, adventures where he has to, you know, get people back together or whatever. What I, is it a little dis? I'm a little disappointed though that she didn't go with we, him, or or that they didn't stay. Because like right. I can't teach him, you know, take him to this temple or whatever. And if he reaches out with the force, some other Jedi will find him. I'm like, what? But I was so excited to see you. Where you? Yeah. Why? Why aren't you going? Right. I was like, well, I want to see more Star. I want to see more Jedi. Right. In, in I the was, show I, called The Mandalorian. I was yeah. actually uh, surprised that she didn't offer to go. I, I, I was kind of too. When she showed up at the ship there towards the end, I thought that's what she was going to do, was offer to go, but she did the exact opposite. Like, yeah, I can't trade him, but let me take you to someone who can. Exactly, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah and who least... would that who, Right, who would that be? I don't... Take him, I mean, take him to the Jedi mountain or whatever but like all she did was tell him what to do like he doesn't know what the force is maybe show him how this works it's like it's like giving somebody instructions over the phone like what, no, you what gotta this, come with me what this episode taught us is yoda's dying words to luke when god i am the last jedi you will be is a fucking lie because she's been there the whole time apparently <laughs> and she even said there are other jedi but not very yeah, many not not very like, many yeah so you lied Right. And you mean to tell me that Yoda didn't feel other Jedi throughout the Force? But then again, you know, this has just recently been made canon, so we can't blame Yoda for that. Also, well, then is, again, didn't, in didn't the prequels, she, everyone's stupid. Didn't right. she, like, leave the Order? She did. Well, okay. she was banished. So, she was banished. Yeah, so, she was banished. Yeah, so she's technically yeah. not a Jedi. Uh, in, in, in the mind of Yoda, yeah. she wouldn't be. Yeah. Yeah, technically, you're but right. She did. She did make it through her trials. Like she was an actual Jedi Knight when she was banished. She wasn't an apprentice. No, she was still an apprentice. Oh, okay, I don't know how it worked. Yeah, yeah. She she was still it. um she was still Anakin's apprentice when she was banished. She never made it to full Jedi Knight status within the confines of that specific series. Now again, maybe something happened in Rebels to where she was, but I haven't seen that, so I can't say. But in Attack of the Clones, she was never deemed Jedi Knight. I guess I gotta watch that one day. Mm. However, apparently in Rubble, she does face off with Darth Vader, so I'm that looking I've forward seen, to watching that show. 
I just saw that scene because it was on Facebook, right. and I just kept watching because I'm a dumbass. Right. I mean, you but, show um, me a you show me somebody with white lightsabers fighting a Darth Vader character. I'm not, I'm yeah. gonna watch it. Yeah. So okay. Yeah, because was, at the end of um at the end of uh, uh, Clone Wars, she actually leaves her lightsabers on a planet, and Vader comes and finds the lightsabers. So that's how that series ends. Hmm. Hmm. Well, back to this episode. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that didn't know that, but speaking only from within what we've been shown, like let's like people, some people may not watch, you know, all that, which I definitely don't. Seth, did you know any right. of this? Uh, I knew that she fought Vader, and mm-hmm. uh, I knew about her being like she left the order or was expelled or whatever. But that's all I know. Yeah, right. I think she's the only person that's ever fought. Well, other than Obi Wan, the only other Jedi that has fought Maul and Vader, and yeah, and lived because she de- she, she she defeated Maul. She beat Maul straight up in one-on-one competition, so. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Even though Darth Maul's kind of a bit... No, no, no. I mean, in the movies, yeah. But watch Attack of the Clones. Um, You'll change your tune. You mean Clone Wars. Attack of the Clones. I was about to say, I'm not watching Attack of the Clones. I'm sorry, Clone Wars. I apologize. Um, You'll change your tune about Maul. I was about to say, do you want me to kick your ass? Tell me to watch that movie. Because Clone Wars is Maul post um, Phantom Menace. Literally everything is post Phantom Menace. Right. Well, uh, there was a really nice moment uh, whenever Mando goes back to the ship and he says, hey, wake up, kid. It's time to say goodbye. Mm-hmm. Right. I was like, oh, that's kind of sweet. Yeah. Um, for, Mr. for a minute, I literally... Mr. Go Dave ahead. Filoni, Mr. Dave Filoni needs to direct and write more episodes. Wow, I agree. Yeah, um, um, I don't, I don't know of any other episodes he's directed or written prior to this one. I'll have to go back and look. I don't know if he he, he wrote, directed five of four or five of the episodes of the first season, and oh, he really? worked on uh, Avatar: The Last Airbender uh, when that was on. Hmm. So well, he's he's got some writing credit behind him, um, yeah. And I, and this kind of this kind of writing, uh, I mean, he was able to develop some characters in thirty minutes, and it yeah. worked. It's I think it's because he took risks, whereas Favreau has shown throughout the entirety of this series that he's not really willing to take risks. No, he's playing. He it plays. Safe. He plays it safe. Yeah, he plays it very safe. Um, Filoni took some risk this episode. Uh, they could have been detrimental to the episode, but boy, were they a huge payoff. He did it right, because this was by far the best episode of the series I've seen. It was definitely the Citizen Kane of this show. <laughs> <laughs> nice segue. Thank right. you, thank you. Right. Yeah, that's what we're doing. Yeah. Oh, hell. So, I, anything else on uh, on Mandalorian before we move on? No, nope, I'm good. Wish there weren't three episodes that wasted my time that we didn't have to see. That's all. <laughs> yeah, I know. And we only have three episodes left. Exactly. Yeah. So, with that being said, it's time to move on now. And. And Ian, I believe it was I, your pick. 
Yes, and if you didn't get the oh-so-subtle hint, we are talking about Citizen Kane, which is uh, I, literally a movie that, if you haven't seen it, that's fine, but there's no way you haven't heard about it. Because right. this movie is so ingrained in our culture that it's a part of our dialogue. It's a yeah. movie that gets compared to literally every other film in existence. Like, well, yeah, I saw that <laughs> film, but it wasn't Citizen Kane or, you know, it's the Citizen Kane of bad movies, which is what we use to describe The Room, because it mm -hmm. is. And surprisingly, n none of us have seen it before. I was mm -hmm. I was expecting at least one person on the show to have seen it, and none yep. of us have. So I, decided, I was like, I want to finally sit down and watch it, and this is the perfect... Uh, you know, opportunity to do it, and we can actually sit down and talk about, is it the masterpiece that everyone says it is? Because, uh, honestly, I don't think I've ever heard a movie get talked about with such high regard. Yeah, ever. I mean, it's, uh, well, and especially a movie that was made in 1941, um, yeah. and still to this day is re widely regarded by many, many columnists as one of the it's it's a it's a perfect movie. That's yeah. what they call it. It's, exactly. it's it's easily topped, you know, countless best movies of all time lists as it right. as their number one. And with that being said, uh it was okay. I liked it just fine. was it was it perfect? Not to me, but mm. I had a good time watching it. Orson Welles knocked it out of the park 100%, not only as, as uh, you know, uh, starring in it, but I thought the writing was top-notch and the directing was really great. Cinematography was good. It's, it's, a, it's, it's a good movie. Seth, I'd like to uh, hear your take before I go. Huh. This has been oh, described. We, 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 have used, we, we have used the term... <laughs> We have used the term the Citizen Kane of bad movies when we're talking about The Room, okay? Um, I, have, I, I have a better time watching The Room. <laughs> well. Now, now, now let, me, let me, you know, expound. Go ahead. Um, I do think this is, uh, for its time, a very ambitious film. Um, there's a lot of camera work in here that was never done before. Um, my God, this is the first movie that that showed ceilings in in frame. Um, it's it's that kind of groundbreaking. Um, the camera movements alone, uh, the one shot where she's you know in the end when uh, the singer uh, wife is walking away through those doors and it's just shadow behind her. Um, it's a very interesting shot, and I like the. Uh, I like what the movie's about. I like, you know, I, I like character studies for one. Um, yeah, you you really do. That's your thing. Yeah, and um, I'm also a big fan of uh, the film There Will Be Blood, um, mm -hmm. which is very reminiscent of this movie now that I've finally seen it. Um, because it shows a man who starts with the best of intentions, but winds up, his true self comes out, and... This movie is ultimately about a man who had everything taken from him in the very beginning of his life that he held dear in the world. Um, and 
he tried to fill that void with things and things and things and and with with the adoration of everyone around him he had to be loved and that was to his ultimate downfall it's it's a it's a tragic story it really is um mm. there are some things that are definitely products of their time uh the acting and line reading for one can be very distracting um you kind of have to lose yourself in it because mm-hmm. no one no one ever did nor does now speak that way mm-hmm. um that was a that was a product of hollywood that accent mm-hmm. that delivery that can that uh um what's the word i'm looking for um in in poetry the uh the timbre it's 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 very very old hollywood um, but many consider this film to be the first modern film. Um, mm-hmm. It issued in a, a a whole slew of movies that that shook up the game and, and made it to where they weren't just filming a play. You know what I mean? Because that's right. what a lot of old movies were. They were just filming plays. Which and is ironic was... considering Orson Welles uh, came up in theater. Yeah. Right. Mm. Uh, which just shows his ambition. Um like this, I think this movie's a a triumph of filmmaking. Um, do I think it's the best movie ever made? I've seen better, uh, but but this is a fine little film. Um, it's a simple story. It doesn't get lost in a lot of grandiose. Um, I was surprised that I had to watch. I had to watch an entire newsreel <laughs> at the very beginning of the movie. I was that was weird. That. Yeah. They did the whole thing too. Yeah, they did. They did like, the wow. whole okay. thing. Yeah, um, they, but they basically that that part I felt was uh, once you get into the story, I'm like, this is a wee bit unnecessary when you're just going to show us everything you covered in the newsreel anyway. Mm-hmm. Like you're telling us how, how he lived. Like, yeah, you're going to show us that in a minute. Mm. Well, to um to what Seth said. Um... I, I almost agree with everything you just said. I mean, this was basically this was a drama mystery because the the meat and potatoes of the film is this this writer is looking for Rosebud, who is you know this guy that was this guy's last words. All right, well, who the fuck is Rosebud? So he's going around interviewing all this guy's friends and colleagues from his life, trying to find out who this Rosebud character is. Um, between that and the end of the movie, I felt that the acting was pretty spectacular for its time. Um, the writing was good. The cinematography was good. The set, the set designs were outstanding, uh, way better than I was expecting them to be. Um, the, uh, camera angles, the way the movie was shot was, I haven't seen a movie that old with that stealth camera work. Um, the the makeup, even though it was in black and white and you didn't get a good grasp of the full-on makeup, but it, as these people got older, they looked genuinely old. So the makeup was very well done. Um, outside of that, the story itself, um, you know, it, it was just kind of mad to me. Um, not saying it was bad. It just, you know, 
They just kind of moved along. It plotted along a little bit in, in spots. Um, but it, I, I agree. It was, it was a decent film. Um, I was pleasantly surprised by it, but I'll, like y'all said, I'm not going to go and say it's one of the best movies I've ever seen. However, with that being said, I can see where people would think that, especially back then. And I think a lot of a lot of the reasons we're saying these things is because society has kind of spoiled right how great this movie is. Because when you you, you basically hear how great this movie is your entire life, like we have. There's mm-hmm. this almost expectation of the second you hit play for it to just start blowing your fucking mind. Right. And it, it's not that kind of movie. And, no, and it's it's almost kind of sad that it has that it is that way because I mean I don't a lot of movies that I end end up really loving are the movies that people don't normally talk about because there's almost a sense of you know let the person find out for themselves. Uh, but the movies that are talked about so much, I usually don't. I don't I don't see them the same way that they're described to me because you've already put this in my head of you know th- this is I'm already expecting this to be a great movie and you know I'm that's the expectations that I start out with in, when I when I hit play so just mm-hmm. the fact that that's how this movie is has been built up my entire life I th- I feel like there's a little bit of disappointment and that's probably why it wasn't so great for us maybe right right I agree that's um, that's a fair assessment. You know, it's kind of like it's kind of like a movie that comes out now. Before you see it, you hear everybody talk about it on Facebook or pick a social media platform. Oh, this movie's so great! This movie's so great that the expectation, the reality, is never going to meet the expectation. And that's kind of what happened with this film for all three yeah. of us, I believe. Yeah. And this this movie, there's there's no way in hell it was ever going to live up to the expectation no. that I just talked about no. because, like I said. This movie's been – we've been beaten over the head with this film our entire lives, even though we just saw it. I'm 30. You two were 40 and 41. Right. Our entire lives, we've been told how great this movie is. It's been compared mm-hmm. to literally everything. Yeah. So I just don't think that's fair. It's not. It's 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 held to a unbelievable, un, unrealistic standard. Yeah, it's but, totally unrealistic. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's hard to go back and, and, and review a film that's this old. That has mm-hmm. received so many accolades by so many people, and it, it's it's hard to say what you know what hasn't already been said. Um, right. Oh no. But we're not. But 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 uh, one thing that Dasher said was uh, you know it blew people's minds away back then. This thing was a bomb, dude. Oh, was it? This thing bombed just like the Wizard of Oz did. It bombed, and it was Ooh. panned critically. Because it was so, people were like, what is this? People weren't used to watching movies like this. Because nothing had ever been seen like it before. The dynamic camera work and the, the use of shadow, the, <clears throat> the, the utilization of, 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 of closed sets um, with, with roofs, for God's sakes, God forbid. You think you'd have had a toilet in the movie. Right. But, <laughs> um. I don't know. It, it's a product of its time for sure. Um, I, and you, it, it's, was... it, it, it bleeds with 40s Hollywood all over it. Um, but however, the ambition that's there uh, in the in the in the craft itself with Orson Welles, you know, pretty much changing the way that people shot film um, and the 
the the use of symbolism that he that he uh used in the film uh when uh, when it, when when the uh when the sled is left out after he's taken from his parents and the sled's left out in the snow when the the snow's covering up it's being forgotten um it's being he's burying it down because he can't bear to think about that anymore uh, right and the fact that the, the fact that this man there's a there's I don't. I don't look. To, I don't look at this. And I didn't enjoy this movie for its story. I enjoyed it for the the um, the message that it was trying to send. It's like don't don't let your don't let your obsessions consume you because you're going to forget eventually who you were in the beginning. Oh, and you and, know, at, and at the end of his life, that's all he yearned for was to be a kid again, to go back to that day. And change everything. Well, it's like this guy's curse for his entire life was, like you said earlier, he longed to be adored by everybody. He, he wanted to be loved by everybody, but he had no love to give anybody. He didn't know how to. He didn't no. know how to, exactly. He, and, he, he was never taught it. He was a product of a corporation. Yeah, yeah and, and it's it's pretty... Actually, heartbreaking because the reason that he wants to be loved by literally everyone is because his parents just gave him away for money. For money, yeah. Just think about what that does to somebody. Saying that you you can't put a price on love, but we damn sure can, and here's what it is. So no. and, yeah, and he's just gone. Apparently, it's fifty grand a year, right? <laughs> Which is just, no. As far as its claim of being one of the greatest movies of all time, I will say this, compared to another movie from around the same time frame, it's no Charlie Chaplin's The Great Dictator by no stretch of the imagination. It's not even Wizard of Oz. It's not. Because um, I'll watch that movie any day of the week. I adore that film. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but, you know, again, it was it was a good movie. I'm glad that I finally got a chance to watch it. I actually thank you for picking that movie because this is probably the only mm -hmm. chance I would have ever taken the time to watch this movie. Um, it was not even nowhere near on my radar as far as things to watch until you brought it up and said that you wanted to cover it. So yeah, I'm, I'm glad I'm like that you, we got a chance to watch it, yeah. I'm like you. If we weren't doing this show, I probably would never have actually – even thought about sitting down and watching it because yeah I, there, there was a, there was a, that little part of me that still wanted that mystery to be there because i'm like what if it's not as good as everybody says well now i know right. it's not yeah but i'm am i am i upset uh, no not really i'm glad i did get to watch it it was yeah it was fine there's nothing sure. wrong with it really yeah. it's just no it's just overhyped right uh, I, i'll probably I, never watch it again but at least now I can say, like probably both of y'all can say, is I've heard about this movie literally my entire life, and I finally got a chance to watch it. So, so I uh, I really had a reason to watch it. I really appreciate what this uh, what this movie did for Hollywood. Um, mm -hmm. We wouldn't have the movies that we enjoy today were it not for Citizen Kane, uh, mm -hmm. pretty much changing the game up. Um, it's not it's not a favorite of mine, I don't think. Um it's probably not even in my top twenty five. Um no, as far as but, but I am glad I saw it. I'm really yeah, glad yeah. I saw it. 
because there's there's right. there's things that were lifted from this movie that are in my top twenty five movies of all time. Like fucking mm-hmm. uh, the the very last scene of the of the movie where you see all of his of this giant warehouse and his uh, all of his things that he's collected. That was that was straight ripped out uh, of this movie and put into the end of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah. Right. Right. But uh, it's even more depressing than, you know, the story of, uh, you know, the main character is the fact that Orson Welles was 25 when he wrote, directed, and starred in this. And I'm 30, and I haven't done anything close to that important. (laughs) I'm like, he was how old? Fuck him. Right. I'm like George Costanza, you know. If you add up all the things I've done in my life, it looks decent. Yeah, <laughs> it looks decent, but you know, not directing a you know one of the best films of all time, writing and directing it at 25 years old. Allegedly, which he 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 was given free reign, uh, which was almost unheard of at the time, to do pretty much whatever he wanted. The, the he they wanted him so bad that the studio pretty much kept their hands off this project, which again is not really heard of at the time or even now. Was this was this pre or post War of the Worlds? I don't actually know the answer to that. Pre is it? Uh, oh, is it okay? Because I was going to say, is this what land, is War of the Worlds? What landed him this, or else is this what landed him War of the Worlds? That I, I know. Oh no, I thought you. I thought yeah. you meant the film. No, no, the radio it's show. Radio broadcast. Okay. All right. Yeah, okay, I didn't. Um, I didn't know that. Yeah. But no, yeah, his radio broadcast got him this. Um, oh, okay. All right. Pretty much. Which, if you if y'all have never heard the radio broadcast of Orson Welles reading War of the Worlds, it literally uh, people thought that we were being invaded by Martians. I actually have heard it, and that is a bit of an exaggeration. Not everyone did, but there were reports of people calling the police and whatnot. But it wasn't like a global panic. That no, story no. is that story is a bit overdramatized. No, nah, it yeah. was a bunch of it was a bunch of bumpkins. Yeah. That are that got the newfangled radio, mm-hmm. and you know, oh my God, Charlotte, they're coming to get us. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. Yeah, <laughs> bunch of Billy Bob types. But there, there's a, there's a couple of there's a couple of things in this movie um, that I noticed. Just little things. Uh, didn't you find it odd just how much? Like Orson Welles, like young Orson Welles, that Seth MacFarlane looks. They look almost identical. I could see him doing like a a biopic. I don't see that. I see it. It was distracting to me. I couldn't get it off my mind. (laughs) I was like, God, it looks like Seth MacFarlane. This movie doesn't really have a lot of funny moments, but unintentionally, when he when his second wife left him. And he's destroying the place. I got the yeah. great. I had the stupidest smile on my face because all I'm thinking yeah. is of is Tommy Wiseau from the room yep. just throwing shit. Right. <laughs> like, I bet, I bet that's probably where Tommy Wiseau got that scene from. He's like, oh, that's this is exactly next. where he got it from. Why, Lisa? Yeah. Why? Why? I couldn't stop <laughs> right. laughing. Right. <laughs> um, back in the beginning of the film, uh, when he first buys uh, the the Inquirer, um, mm-hmm. and he tells uh, the acting boss or whatever, uh, that's something we're going to have to change. It's, the news doesn't happen six hours a day. It happens 24 hours a day. I was like, wow, back then. Right. That gave me chills. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Yeah, I th- yeah. that that was probably my favorite part of the film was young uh, Charles Foster Kane. Right. Oh, definitely. He was very sure. he was very charming and funny and carefree, and you could actually you you felt bad when he his life turned out the way that it did. See, this is this is how you write a character, George Lucas. Someone you're supposed to like, and by the end of it, you're not supposed to like. By showing them very, very likable at first, because in your movies, mm-hmm. the characters are not likable at first. Mm-hmm. They're assholes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. All of them. All anyway. of them, yeah. yeah. But yeah, I was thinking that. I was thinking about that, too. I'm like, this is how you write a character. I like it. Even... Even Ron Howard in American Graffiti was an asshole at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. I I'll only say that because I actually watched that movie yesterday, so. Well, uh Well, uh, well you know the, the the reason that I that I made the, the the characters in the prequels the way that they are is because uh I don't think that Citizen Kane touched what I did. Uh I'm creator of Star Wars saga. <laughs> Uh-huh. Well, they did it better than you 40-something years ago, or before you, before Star Wars came out, so I don't know how you hey, fuck that up. I did Jaws, goddammit. Spielberg did Jaws. Spielberg. Oh, they both did it. Eh. Nah, yeah, Lucas was there. I was going to say, he was, yeah. <laughs> he was, he was just on set. set that day. He, he was he on wanted, set. Yeah, he wandered, a lot, he wandered on set one day. He did some things, and they may have wound up on camera, but, you know. <laughs> That's probably what happened. He just, Him and Spielberg are such friends. He just looked over the gate like, Steve, what you doing? Can I come in? We'll see. Oh, boy. Big Shark, oh, cool. I may put one of those in my Star Wars movies. Right. <laughs> well, anyway. fellas, um, no, we changed it to Star Wars, so we're pretty much done. No, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just glad that we saw this. It was a nice little exercise. Yeah. It was, yeah, I, I appreciated it for what it was. I really did. Yeah, it. Uh... I appreciate the history of the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like you said, I may never watch it again, but took the opportunity and glad I did it. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you've never seen Citizen Kane and you made it this far, uh, that's weird. Yeah. That you just listen to us talk about a movie you've never seen, but uh, definitely, right. yeah. definitely check it out. It's sure. It's it, it, it clearly, I wouldn't say it wasn't for us, but it may be for you. Yeah. yeah. I say if you are, if you're a cinephile and you're a, you're just a huge fan of film, you you owe it to just your 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 film knowledge and that and that 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 part of your brain to see right. this movie in its entirety. Yeah, because uh, I think you said it last week. Uh, uh, there's a lot of scenes that you've seen in uh, you know just just living your life. Like I've seen the him, th- him destroying the apartment scene a million times. I didn't know when in the film yeah. that took place. I've seen the rosebud thing or him just yeah. clapping uh, during mm-hmm. the opera. I've seen that scene a gazillion times. It's even a gift that I send out to people and I have no idea what it means, but now yeah. I do. Well, now, now we do. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So, exactly. And I mean, rosebud, that... 
Rosebud is probably one of the most iconic phrases in all of cinema. And for 41 and a half years, for 42 and a half years of my life, I had no idea what it meant. Now I do. Uh huh. So, with that being said, we get to learn what we'll be watching next week. So, what's our homework for the week, Dasher? It is oh, your turn, I believe. It is my turn. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go western on you. Hmm. Uh, we're gonna cover the Clint Eastwood, Morgan Freeman, and Gene Hackman movie, Unforgiven. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. Hmm. Okay. I... I haven't seen that movie in about 10 years, dude. Yep. Surprise. I'm not a big Western guy. I don't even think I've heard of this movie. I've seen the important ones. I was going to um, say Tombstone, but I look back and see that y'all already covered that. So. Yes, we have. Yeah. So we're going to go in forgiven. Um, If you like Tombstone, you'll love this movie. I'm not going to say it is better or as good as Tombstone, but as far as Westerns are concerned, it's up there. And it's one a, of the best ever made. It's a Western that won Best Picture. Yeah, for sure. Fair that enough. doesn't happen very often. It does not. Um, it, it, it's a damn fine film, and if you've never seen it, now's your opportunity. And um, I think we're all going to enjoy talking about it next week. Well, like like I just said, I have not. So I'm going to be out there with the rest of them who haven't seen it. I, this This might be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty, well then I'll see y'all next week for All right, buddy. Unforgiven and hopefully another good Star Wars episode. God, we hope. can only hope. Right. right later, we'll guys. See. Later, later.